So this morning also I like to give some uh, encouragement for the practice. One of the most uh, challenging things in our practice is to uh, eradicate the the evil roots that create suffering. So this uh, we are functioning in a day. Uh, with several thoughts, many, many thoughts. But all these thoughts come from uh, certain roots. And uh, some of you can uh, categorize these things. When a thought arises, you can check which root this thought belongs to. So some of these uh, come from the root of uh, desire wanting and yet others come from the root of hatred, ill will, pushing away and yet the others are just confused, confusion. So our whole life is uh, either grabbing, wanting or pushing away, constantly like that. Grabbing, 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 wanting, wanting, wanting or pushing away. If there is any problem that has uh, happened in our lives, it is either because we grabbed at it or pushed it away. No? So this one is called greed, the other one is called hatred, ill will. So the root of hatred is uh, a very uh, powerful thing which is in us. Can any one of you put your hand up and say, from here onwards, from today onwards, from now onwards, you'll never get angry after this. <laughs> it's very difficult to say that. But uh, only a, uh, those of you who have studied the text would know, uh, a non-returner or anagami is the person who can put the hand up and say, from here onwards, I will never get angry. Poke me and see. <laughs> but we, we have lot of buttons. <laughs> so many buttons. So, we are vulnerable. Vulnerable to attack. There's no force field. So I'd like to talk about a force field today. What is that force field? Metta. Metta is the force field, uh, the antidote for hatred. 
So hatred goes off with metta. Metta is an amazing uh, practice. It is like a medicine for everything. Meditation itself is a meditation for, uh, medicine for everything. But metta is, uh, especially in that meditation, metta is, it cures any problem. Just like meditation itself. There was a, one of our yogis, Nirodha yogis, uh, who came to Sri Lanka. And she was a young woman, she's uh, from Europe. In... Uh, in her late twenties and uh, she followed each retreat all over the world. I have retreats all over the world so she followed each one and she came to Sri Lanka to uh, for, for a weekend retreat. I said you don't need to come for the weekend retreat okay. it's just for our people just to keep it our. she said no no I need I need to follow this it's important for me so she came there and I was driving in the vehicle and she was with me, we were in the highway and her mother called. Now remember this uh, woman who has heard about Buddha, Dhamma, meditation only few retreats ago. Before that she never knew Dhamma at all, never knew the practice. And she called the mother and said, Mama, you must come for this retreat. This is a lifesaver. And then she said, Mama, this is the answer for everything. This is the answer for everything. And when she said that, I felt so happy. I felt, you know, how happy my teacher Bhantiji would be to hear that. A woman, a uh, few months ago who didn't know this that there is an answer for suffering, for pain for abandonment loneliness and the chaos she found it and said, told the mother this is the answer for everything and subsequently the mother also came to a retreat And uh, so we should be, we are a very special group when you compare the whole world. Sometimes I travel, I travel often and in, when I, I look in the plane or I look at in the airport, so many people don't know the Dhamma. <laughs> Have you seen that? Just look around and see the people, my goodness, they don't know the Dhamma. It's dangerous, it's like sitting on a ticking bomb. <laughs> Anybody can hurt you. Anybody can push your buttons. You can get hurt so much. So the best thing that you can give to your friends, your loved ones, is the Dhamma, this practice. Big the best inheritance you can give to your children, 
your loved ones, your niece, your nephews. Teach a little Dhamma. Buddha said, you don't need to know all the Dhamma. Practice one little thing and teach that. Don't teach everything. Because what can we give our children? What we can give is not money, not education, not wealth. Because if you give hundred thousand dollars, they will have hundred thousand and suffer with hundred thousand. You give hundred million dollars, they will suffer with hundred million dollars. Two hundred million dollars, they will suffer with two hundred million dollars. You get it? So the real inheritance, what we can give is goodness, the Dhamma. Sadly today in the world, no one is talking about goodness, being to be human. Everybody's progress, 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 success. Everywhere we look, we want the best. We're caught up with that. With uh, when Buddha, he's uh, some of you might know this, but uh, in his life story, he came back to. He, got, he went away and he be, uh, meditated and he became the Buddha and he came back to his hometown. When he came back to his hometown, his wife uh, or ex-wife Yasodhara uh, with the little son Rahula uh, from the balcony of the palace, they saw the Buddha was coming. He's the uh, crown prince. He's the, he should be the king. But now he's begging in the in the same uh, country uh, as a monk. So then Yasodhara turned to the son Rahul and said, "Rahul, look, that's your father. That's the king. Go and ask for your inheritance." Right? Go and ask for inheritance. So this little boy ran down the steps and ran to the, the to uh, the Buddha and held on his finger, little uh, his finger, and pulled and said, "Dad, Dad, give me inheritance." <laughs> then Buddha looked at him and with uh, the, with lot of kindness, love, and care, and he said. Okay, I'll give you inheritance. Follow me to the temple. And he followed. And he ordained him as a little monk. And taught him the Dhamma. That's the best thing you can give. But we are so, even when we hear this, sometimes some of us may feel, is that right thing to do? Maybe you should uh, consult. Maybe that's not what he wanted. Do we ever, did we get what we wanted in life? No, we always have been pushed in education. I never studied what I want to study. Lot of people, lot of us don't want to really study. We want to play music or, you know, something like that. So anyway, 
Metta is an answer for a cure for everything in our practice. Just like in meditation, metta is a cure for everything. Cure for mainly for the hate. Resentment, pushing away. Why do we have resentment, pushing away? Because we have desire. If I don't like something, I don't like that because I compare that with something that I like. Okay? If I don't like this water bottle, if I hate this water bottle, I can hate it only because I have a better water bottle in at, at home. I have my water bottle. So, when I look at this, oh, I push it away. So, sometimes things that we don't want get thrust upon us. And then we have this, we push it very hard. The force is way too much. The force is so much it burns us. That is hate. Hate is a pretty ugly thing, isn't it? When it, we don't like it, nobody likes it. No one needs to preach and say hate is bad. We don't want it. When it's there, it burns us, it's... Uh, we are ashamed and it's out of control, it, we, we are not in control. Hate, it's amazing how people uh, become hateful. Once I was, uh, I stayed at a place uh, with some people and the early morning the, the stepfather and the daughter had a fight. It was scary. They were screaming, they were shouting. And there was another yogi with me and that yogi came out scared and he said, this is scary, this is scary. Sometimes we, these things happen in our lives. We can't control. We become weak. So what is metta? If I ask you what's the what's metta, what would you say? What is what what is the translation for metta in English? Loving kindness. Loving kindness. So I this word never felt right to me, loving kindness. Because I'm from, you know, Sri Lanka, I know uh, our language is made, uh, with, uh, there's a very strong connection with Pali. And it didn't sound, it's like, it sounded like tea, coffee to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I checked it. I really went and checked what loving kindness, how it came. And I traced it back. Loving kindness is a biblical term. It's not... And, it, and it's wrong, because love, in Pali, love is prema. Pema, in Pali, Sanskrit, prema. And pema is a attachment. It's a desire, it's a want, which you have to let go. 
kindness is what? You know that. Karuna. Metta, karuna, mudita, upekka. So, karuna. It's like prema karuna. Loving kindness. So, uh, it is the loving kindness word is uh, a biblical term where you have uh, ki loving kindness towards a God and the God has loving kindness towards you. So the early translators have just taken this word to explain. But let's check what really is, what did Buddha say? Buddha said what metta was. Buddha said mitta sabhavo metta in Pali. You can memorize this if you like. It's important. Mittasa bhavo metta. So mittasa, mittasa is friendliness. Bhava is the nature of friendliness. Is metta. Mittasa bhavo metta. Friendliness is metta. Why friendliness? As opposed to angriness or hate. So, metta is antidote. Metta is non-hate. So, what is non-hate? Being friendly to everything. Inanimate objects, thoughts, people. Because all the time what we do is we, when we look at people, when we look at situation, we look at thoughts, we think everybody is out to get us. We think this person thinks bad of me, this person thinks like this, this person likes me a little bit, this person. So if you look at people, we have this something like a meter. I call this a metameter. So often, this meter goes like this, okay, this person likes me, this person don't like me, this person likes me, this person don't like me, this person think about good about me, this person admires me, this person hates me. So like that, we constantly, it's tiring, isn't it, to live like that. Metta is artificially, you, you artificially push this up and you think, oh, you're my friend, you're my friend, you're my friend, you're my friend. So you are among friends, you are happy. Can hate arise when that happens? Hate cannot arise. When you, you create a metta feeling, friendly feeling, so that hate cannot arise. Because what happens when you are in the middle of friends? You feel secure. You know that no one will attack you. Sometimes we type an email to a friend. We just type and we send. We don't double check. Why? Because we know that the friend won't misunderstand. Even if there's a mistake. But for some people we type and we type and we delete it a little and then we retype. Maybe the person will get misunderstand me. You know, that's when the person is not a friend. So what if, because everyone, now I know every, none of you will attack me. 
That's our nature. So why do we want to artificially think this, this yogi is thinking bad of me? This yogi doesn't really like me. I don't really like this yogi. There's nothing like that. So friendliness is metta is to bring that up and to be in that state of uh, non-hate. Fill your heart with non-hate. That's what metta is. Mitta sabha. Mitta, mitra. Sanskrit mitra is also a synonym to the sun. Mitra is Sanskrit. Mitta is Pali. Synonym also for the sun, which is very beautiful. Sun just shines. Similarly, metta just has to shine. Metta is, you, sun does not shine only for the United States of America. <laughs> Doesn't st do that. It just shines and if United States of America turns towards the sun, it will benefit. Right? Just because another country turns towards it, you don't have a different foreign policy towards that. The sun doesn't have that. Just shines. <laughs> so metta has to be like that. Metta has to be just pure, pure heart without any resentment or hatred. Just dropping. Feeling everybody as a friend. Like an old friend. What would happen if you are meeting a very old dear friend? You will... And imagine you are meeting a dear old friend for five minutes. You have never met this person for 20 years, 30 years. You, that five minutes is very important for you. You will say only the nice things, good things. Think only positive things when that happens. Because that person is a friend. So what if we can meet everybody with that care? Who will benefit? You. You will benefit because you will not have resentment. You will become stress-free. So it's a very, very important thing, therefore, metta. Often we love this word loving-kindness. Do you know why? Because we want a beautiful love. Everyone, love is a really beautiful thing. And we are in love with love. We want it. And we have all got hurt with love. Whatever that love is, parental love, sibling love, uh, uh, romantic love. Whatever the love is, we have all got hurt at one point. And we see the uh, limitations of that love. So, we desire for a pure love, a greater love. So, we think metta is that. And then we sit in meditation and develop desire, some sort of desire 
in the name of metta. So, normal love is limited. When you talk about romantic love, for instance, it is always a deal, isn't it? However, we can write poetry about it, but still, it is a deal. I love you, you have to love me back within the small, small princess, you have to love me back. When, when, when you say, an in a in in very intimate moment with your loved one, with your partner, you come, the partner says, uh, I love you. And then what do you say? I love you too. But the right answer should be, when the person says, I love you, you should say, Oh, I also love me. <laughs> that should be the right answer. But we never say that, because if we say that, that's the end of the dinner. <laughs> so, what the person is asking really is, Do you love me? When they say, I love you, but they are saying, Do you love me? Then you say, yes, I love you. <laughs> so, we play this with my son and myself. He comes and says, Dad, I love you. Uh, then I say, oh, I love me also. <laughs> then he said, don't say that. You have to say, I love you too. So, that's a, that's a real nature of uh, love. Otherwise, you love a person so much, and just imagine you love the person and then this person when you come home this person is with another guy or another woman what will happen to you that love completely changes into hate how can then love be real the dichotomy of love hate always go together because that love is a desire. And the nature of, it's not the fault of the person. The nature of love, nature of desire is to hurt you. You get hurt by that. Mitta is different. So I often say, romantic love is like, I love you private limited. You know companies have private limited. <laughs> I love you, private limited, our, our little love, you know, <laughs> inside there, right? You can't, uh, it, it's like that. And then something goes wrong in the company, <laughs> problem. Then you'll search for another private limited company, another private limited company. So rather, you develop this beautiful friendliness to all human beings. This is, this is the most beautiful thing, metta then everybody who's in front of you become very, very important. Otherwise, you, everybody in front of you becomes a second-class citizen. With metta, they become the most important person. Because what's in front of you is, is what real, what is real. Not what's left behind in, at home or not what's happened in the past. 
This is reality. Past is just a thought in the present moment. It's just a thought. There's nothing called past. It's a thought which arises in the present moment that we think we came from. It's a fabrication of the mind. And then we are guilty about the past. We are we hurt. As soon as we create the past, suffering comes with that. Soon as we create future, there's fear arising. What will happen to me in old age? What will happen to me in 20 years? What will happen to me? Will I have children? Will I have... All these things come in the future. Present moment is blissful. Present moment is all what we have got. And everything what we got is the present moment. Enlightenment happened in the present moment. Okay? So, there is this limitation in love. Always. So, if you do not want to suffer, we have to practice metta. And love without attachment. You can do that. Now, I love my children, but now I'm not attached to them. Whatever they do with their lives, Whatever happens to them, you should, it should not affect you. If you live in the present moment, it's very, very important. Once uh, there was an arahanta called Pilindavacha, and uh, people asked, uh, he had this beautiful complexion, like golden color shining. So everybody was asking why he looked so uh, radiant. Then Buddha said, Ati tang nanu so chanti napajapanagata pachu panete apinti evang vanupasidati. The secret for his uh, complexion is he never dwells in the past, he never worries about the future, but pachu panete apinti. He's always living in the present moment. So in, a, in the present moment, metta, karuna, mudita, upeka, the brahma viharas are the only things that you would uh, invite. Because other things doesn't happen. So that is why this practice is important. That's why when you do, when you are walking, you are walking. What does that train you to do? That will train the mind to be in the present moment. When you are consuming food, you consume food. Yes, it is boring because our life is always running after fantasies and th things to do. Yeah, but this, this is a practice. You continue this way, you will learn, the mind will get trackable into being in the present moment. So, where does metta fall in, in the core teachings of the Buddha? I think half of you uh, practice for a long time in this group, about 16 people. So, you would know where, where should it fit in the Buddha's teaching. 
to metta happens comes in the eightfold path under the right thought so metta is a thought right thought so there are right thoughts nekkamma sankappa avyapada sankappa avihinsa sankappa these are the right thoughts nekkamma sankappa is thought of renunciation second one avyapada sankappa is thought of non hate within brackets metta thought of non hate avihinsa is the thought of not harming cruelty okay so the second one under the uh, right thought second one under the second of the eight no eight four noble path is metta so this is not something peripheral to the dhamma this is in the core teachings it's very important metta is not a, a side dish in meditation practice sometimes we treat it like that vipassana and metta <laughs> like that it's not like that metta is a challenging practice sometimes because you have to you have hurt yourself most in this life we think others hurt us but each time we think that others is hurting us that minute that you're thinking that you're hurting yourself because you are putting yourself in torture we most of the time we mentally kick ourselves in life when we don't pass exams when we don't do well in life when we don't uh, do well in a uh, in a social situation when we don't do well in the date whatever we mentally kick ourselves we should have you're not good enough you should have done this you should have done that so we hurt this person most in our lives and we think this person is so bad so wrong and this poor person can't do anything if we treat the same way we treat ourselves to another person that person will either hit you back or run away seriously the person will run away but this poor person can't run away from us you have to just sit and take it and we push ourselves so much to achieve to do things um how many times have we thought we are not a good yogi no, i'm not good enough i can't sit properly look at the other person she's sitting so nicely you know is no into that so we are so trained to develop self hate towards ourselves it's very difficult to break that and some people hate being kind to yourself being a friend to yourself they just can't do it many 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 years ago long time ago bhante ji was uh, uh having a retreat in europe somewhere and uh 
he was in the center and telephone rings and he picks up and a woman on the other side says is this the meditation center and said yes this is the meditation center uh, i am interested in your meditation retreat uh, uh and he said oh that's wonderful you can come can i speak to the teacher he said ah, i am the teacher well, that's good i want to know uh, i want to practice vipassana i have not done that um then he said yes we can practice vipassana and you know uh, he gave lot of information and then she asked by the way do you do you also practice metta then bhante said yes yes of course we teach metta in our then she said I hate metta. <laughs> <laughs> And she kept the phone. <laughs> Hang up. Why? Because metta is challenging for some. Because in metta you have to sit and radiate love and care to oneself first. So some people say, why do I want to uh, have compassion love care for myself that's selfish i want to do it for others that is avoiding the issue metta happens like this you fill your heart with no hate and then just like the sun when you have the light in you it manifests out you don't push metta you don't shoot metta arrows to others <laughs> but you just be in metta and whatever comes to touch that but if you think about your friends metta goes to your friends if you think about if any direction metta spread in that direction so how can you do that when you have hate towards oneself so it's very very important therefore to develop caring for oneself i told you the other day that it's uh, we need love and care we need kindness all of us need that however whatever the age we are in we need that and we always expect from it to come from another we always expect from somebody else to so our whole life has become a cry to the world to say please understand me i'm a good guy that's what we are saying all the time because we are good actually but we are telling others because others we think others are constantly misunderstanding it's not that they are misunderstanding they don't have time for you you have time for yourself so you become kind and gentle to oneself so first of all what when i teach metta meditation what i do is i you try to reconnect with that goodness that you have the childhood innocence that we had and still have so we connect with that and we tell ourselves may you be happy just like a a very caring elder a father a mother a grandfather grandmother telling you it's okay son 
it's okay. It's okay. You tell yourself, it's okay. You don't need to follow metta words. You just say, it's okay. May you be happy. Everything is all right. Call your name out and you tell yourself. So then, what happens is, will there be hate in that heart when you do that? There's no hate there. There's only caring thoughts. There's only love. Not not love private limited. Not love with something returning back. Because that love always have why what do we get attracted to in normal love? Attributes of people. When we fall in love with someone, we love that person because the person has is young, the person is strong, the person is uh, beautiful. The person is smart. So there are attributes like that. The person is uh, witty, cute. What else is there? <laughs> cute. And then uh, feminine. Then strong. Protect, pro- gives you protection. And uh, uh, many, 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 many things like that. But what happens is after some time, the, we get attracted to not to the person. But the attributes, the physical form. So we get attracted to those qualities, and what after time, time, as everything, these qualities change. They are subject to change. The man who was giving you so much protection now is like a big baby. You have to protect the guy. <laughs> the woman who was so feminine and beautiful, now it's like uh, uh, very strong, uh, uh, masculine, like a uh, uh, football player. (laughs) (laughs) So how can there be love? Because you are attached to the attributes, the qualities. The body changes, the beauty changes. Right? So, it's nature, therefore, to, because we are investing in the wrong market. We are investing in a changing, fickle market and we want it to remain so. So, we try everything to bring back what, it, what there was. Have, haven't you tried to bring back that uh, romantic moment in life? No? We, we, pre- we plan it and then you uh, plan a romantic dinner, you go to the restaurant that you met 20 years ago and then you plan the romantic dinner and you dress the dress that he or she likes, you know, whatever. Uh, and then what happens? You go there and the person asks you, why are we here? <laughs> why not somewhere else? Why uh, why are you wearing that? <laughs> so it doesn't work. Because people change, everything is changing all the time. So that's the nature of that love. 
so remember metta is an antidote direct antidote for hatred that is what metta is it's not a beautiful love it's not a love which is uh, it's not a thing that you can uh, like bluetooth send to someone it's not some things like that it is you are the one who's benefiting and your practice of meditation cannot hold without metta metta is like a like a bucket you take water out of the well if the base of the bucket is not solid it has holes you can't bring out the water so metta if there's no metta metta is like the base of the bucket it holds our practice without that the whole practice goes away with hate metta also uh with metta you can understand non um the no self anatta all right so yes last night we talked about the metta sutta and it it says buddha says etang sating aditte practice this as the mindfulness this mindfulness hate manifests in different ways one is uh the hate can be now currently every one of us has hate in us right but it has not come to the surface like the pilot light in that gas cooker or gas heater have you seen that blue pilot light it's always burning and you can bring up a big fire only if the pilot light is there so the first stage of hatred that we have currently every one of us has this hatred deep within inside us that is why we couldn't put up our hand and say tom from tomorrow onwards i am not going to get angry we can't do it because we know that pilot light is there so we need if somebody turns this <laughs> it comes and we starts burning so that's the first one pilot light now that pilot light goes off deeper in the practice as you progress later but the second and the third you can work with the second one is that when you are the anger the hatred you feel it that's the second stage like you suddenly uh, maybe in uh, you don't like a particular yogi the way he or she walks is wrong moves around and disturb the practice doesn't know how to respect each other so you start thinking like this and then suppose this uh, yogi uh, comes and accidentally kicks your cushion anger can arise hatred can arise and then you feel in the body don't you feel have you felt the hurt in the body hate in the body you feel uh, like a heat going up 
right? It's like a burning. So you feel this, the hate. Uh, a yogi must be open to feel that when it happens. So when that happens, that's the second stage. The third stage is getting up and fighting with the yogi. That's when you completely lose it. <laughs> you can't completely lose it and shout and scream and you know people do that sometimes. It's very scary. And then it's after that what is what's left is the aftermath. That it's all burnt out and you feel suffer and you feel sorry. There's so many people who come to me and they say they're so sorry for what they have done. There's a woman who came to me in Sri Lanka, she said, I'm so tired. She's a person who works in a, in a company where she's like the center. She does everything, work for everyone, you know, um, directly under the boss. And she really virtually runs a company. And uh, she tells me, I had these three boys, uh, very close in age, like eight, nine, ten, you know, that age. And uh, she goes, she's so tired, she travels back home, long distance to travel. And once she comes home, she has to uh, do her family work as well as these three fellows are like devils. <laughs> she says, they are like devils, really like devils. And she gets really angry and you can't control them. So she gets angry and she hits them. And hits and says, shut up, and then they, they are in corners and quiet and a uh, few, few minutes later they forget that and again start laughing, shouting, screaming and messes everything up. And, and she says, I feel so bad. I feel uh, so really, really bad to the core after I do this, after I hit my children. So, can meditation help? She comes and asks me. So, this is the nature. This is the nature of Mitta. So, all those people you see in uh, airports and in the road and everywhere, how many of them know about this practice? How fortunate you all are to come here, to have these seven days. Not everybody gets this. So try to get the best out of this. Do best with your practice. Uh, I like to close the talk today with uh, a stanza by the Buddha. Said, Nahi vere na verani sammanti da kudachanang by hate, hate, you can never overcome hate by hate. Only by non-hate, hate can be overcome. This is an eternal law. It's not Buddha, it's, it'll always be there. This truth is, will always be there. Is a dhammo sanantano. Right? So try to develop, be always in practice of metta. In this retreat, every yogi around you is a friend, dear old friend. Right? This is like a sanctuary. 
very safe. Everybody cares about you. You have to think that. And then that will create uh, no competition therefore. Our society is very competitive. So that will go away and you will be at bliss and peace.